Hello, hello. We are back with another episode of Demented Cast. It has been a minute since I did an episode. Uh, I actually have one cookie. Like, it's just been sitting in a folder on my computer that I haven't uploaded. I'm, I apologize. I know I said that we're, I was going to get more consistent with Demented Cast this year. And I'm I'm trying. I, I have a lot going on. Um, a lot of things in the background that I can't talk about just yet, but hopefully soon. And so I've just gotten really busy. I am going to, if I still have it, which I hope to God I do, um, I'm going to upload that episode with this one when it goes, when this episode goes live tomorrow. So you will be getting two episodes. That one was recorded back when Godzilla vs. Kong came out. So we, uh, me and a friend hopped on and we reviewed Godzilla vs. Kong. I believe we talked Falcon War Soldier, but yeah. So, I am back. I'm going to try to get a lot more consistent. I have a schedule for Demented Cast episodes. Um, and so, yeah. Let's just hope and pray that I can stay consistent with this. Because uh, I'm also struggling to stay consistent with the new podcast, Rewatch Cast, that I do with a buddy of mine. Right now, we are rewatching Arrow on the CW. We just released episode four. So, make sure to go check that out. It's available on spotify um i think i'm having trouble with apple for some reason but it's available on spotify and stitcher and uh you can head over to my red circle profile it'll be on there as well so yeah make sure to go listen to that uh that out of the way let's get into the opening conversations that i want to talk about since the last episode marvel announced that they are officially working on a fourth captain america film Obviously, this will star Sam Wilson as his version of Captain America. And it's being... Um, they put the showrunner for Falcon War Soldier in charge of this movie. So, I, I have a very strong like hope that this movie is going to be good if he is running it. I mean, Falcon War Soldier was absolutely amazing. It was the talk of the world until uh, all six episodes were out and still people are talking about it so yeah captain america 4 is happening that's all we know they didn't give any kind of story details or anything like that um just that the showrunner was heading it up um it will feature sam wilson as captain america and yeah that's basically it i would expect i don't think we'll hear anything further on it until probably like 2025 to be honest with you, um, maybe 2024. Uh, I think, I think right now phase four of the MCU goes until like 2023, and so we'll probably hear about Captain America four in like 2024. So, but that that's exciting. Um, I'm really I can't wait. I I hope that we don't have to wait until that movie to see Sam Wilson again, because that suit is just so damn good. But yeah, Captain America four is happening. Sam Wilson is Captain America. If you don't like it, well, fuck you. Uh, another thing that happened since the last episode, Resident Evil 8 has officially come out. It's available on all major platforms. I bought it on PlayStation 5. I have not beaten it yet. Uh, there, I just haven't really had time to beat it. Been doing other things. And so, um, I've played enough of the beginning to 
tell you that like my first impressions are very strong of Resident Evil 8. It's a beautiful game. Uh, like I said, I bought it on PlayStation 5 because uh, I do not have a beefy PC. But it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It runs really well. It doesn't... The, my PlayStation... My PS5 is still quiet as hell when I'm running it, so that's good. Um, good to know that those fans are actually, you know, working in that PS5. But yeah, so far it's really good. Uh, all the... It's very interesting and confusing. I, I need to start... I need to put it back in and play it more and officially beat it. But yeah, keep a, keep an ear out for that. Uh, hopefully I will beat it in the next few weeks and by the next episode I can give you a full review. Uh, the other game that came out, uh, it came out a week before Resident Evil 8, is a PS5 exclusive, is Returnal. This is a roguelike game. If you've never played a roguelike game, I believe Hades on the Nintendo Switch is a roguelike game. And basically, you can't save the game like normal. Um, it's got a permadeath system, so when you die, you have to restart the entire game. Things like that. Um, I don't have much experience with these. Returnal is really my first kind of full game like this. And so far, I'm very early in Returnal. I, I just picked it up and so far it's good I like it the gunplay feels nice the combat is very fast and fluid the one thing I will say that I do not like about it is they have no kind of save system the only kind of save system in this game is you have to wait until you beat each biome and some of these biomes from what I have been told are very large and it, it only irritates me that there's no way to save anywhere because some people don't can't sit here for hours and like maybe maybe one biome is just taking them a very long time they're not that good and they have to get up and walk away like people have families they have jobs like and so i think it would have been cool if they implemented something so you can at least save by using resources but maybe it just costs a lot so you have to make sure you have enough resources to save um, a game that does this is the last immortals phoenix rising dlc actually does this you can't save like normal it kind of it's very much like hades um, you have to go to shrines and you have to make sure that you have enough materials or resources to save your game so i think if they would have done something like that, it would have been different. But the fact that it only saves when you beat the biome is kind of frustrating. Uh, but everything else about the game, it's beautiful. It takes like full advantage of all the dual sense features like haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, and it feels amazing. Like when I first, when they first announced all the features for the new dual sense controller. I thought they were mostly gimmicks. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Like, you guys put a touchpad on the Dual, DualShock 4 and, like, nobody ever really utilized it. So, I don't really care about these. But it's starting to look like more and more games are truly going to take advantage of these features. Like, haptic feedback and adaptive triggers like Call of Duty does. Um, I'm trying to remember what other shooter I was playing. Returnal does, but there was another shooter that... 
that is playing that does Resident Evil 8 even takes advantage of this and one of the cool things I first noted when I booted up Returnal was the haptic feedback the first biome is in this kind of foresty area and it's raining all the time and so when you're just walking around in open in an open area and the rain's falling on you you can feel each and every individual raindrop through the controller and so just cool immersive things like that are awesome to see and i i really hope that this is something that sticks around not just from first party developers but from third party developers as well so so far my thoughts on returnal is it's fun it's a good game i i wish this game would have come out at launch of the ps5 because i think this would have been the perfect game to launch with the console to really showcase um everything that i had but yeah those are all the things i really have for my opening conversations uh moving on to gaming news uh playstation kind of broke the internet and i don't know if you guys remember but if, like a month ago or a month and a half ago something like that there was a rumor that xbox was trying to purchase discord or come to some kind of deal with discord to integrate discord within the xbox party system whether that was integrate in their existing party system just like keeping whatever their party system is right now and just using discords like audio stuff audio software and all that or if they were going to get rid of their party system and just fully integrate discord there was that rumor going around well few weeks after the news broke that playstation and discord have uh created a deal to integrate discord into playstation and that's exciting uh as somebody who has only recently gotten onto pc gaming um discord is such a better service for voice chat i like even when I play on PlayStation, a lot of times um, we'll use Discord over the party system. It's just because it's easier, it has better audio quality. The entire experience over PlayStation Party's chat compared to Discord is night and day. And so this is really cool. They, I, they never said exactly what this means. If, like I, what I was just saying when people were speculating, there was the rumor of Xbox buying them, if it'll just be an app on the console, or if it will take precedent over the current party system. So we, we don't know in what form Discord will be integrated into PlayStation. All I know is this is exciting. However, not that exciting because we still have to wait until 2022 for this to happen. So. We still got a full year before we even get PlayStation on the part or Discord on the PlayStation. But I, if I had to say what I how I would want them to do this, if anybody at PlayStation or Discord ever heard this, um, I would honestly make it bake it into bake it into uh, the current party system that way and do it in a way to where i can i i literally have all my uh discord channels i have all my um 
friends there and it's just easy i can literally hop in and out of a voice channel with the same ease i can on pc like that is what i would want like playstation now that you made this deal just keep renewing this deal whenever your guys's contract runs up just keep renewing it and just get rid of playstation parties altogether because whatever they did towards the end of the ps4's life cycle um i'm probably gonna trigger people by saying that but whatever they did before the ps5 came out with the party system has just made playstation party system absolute dog shit so yeah just fully fully integrate it into the playstation just do away with your current party system because let me tell you something i am never ever going to touch uh i'm never going to touch playstation parties once discord is on both my pc oh god um I'm never going to touch PlayStation parties once Discord is on my PlayStation and my PC. There's just no reason for me to at that point. So yeah, look out for that. Uh, I'm assuming it will come, like, it, this won't just be something that integrates through the PS5, but it will be integrated in PS4. I would have to assume, uh, especially if this is only happening next year. And we don't know if it's, I think, well, maybe they might have said early, but... I would hope that it's early next year that this happens. And so I would hope at that point you would do both your PS5 and your PS4. So yeah, keep a lookout on that. I hope we get more information soon on what, like just a little tease at what this will look like on the system. Uh, moving on though, we got more Sony related news because Naughty Dog was in the news a few weeks ago and I saw this and oh boy. Here we go. Uh, so apparently it was being reported that Naughty Dog has already written up the story and script. I don't think it's fully finished, but they have an outline of a story for Last of Us Part 3. Which, if I could offer up some, some advice to anyone at Naughty Dog or Sony, which you won't listen to me because apparently... Even the people at Naughty Dog do not care if fans were unhappy with Last of Us. They still tell the people like me who say the game wasn't that great. Uh, they tell us pretty much to fuck off. So, if anyone at Naughty Dog or Sony hears this though, the advice I could give you is please don't do this. I don't like The Last of Us 2. And I'm not saying this because I don't like The Last of Us 2, but I'm saying this because I'm in the vein of, I don't think The Last of Us 2 needed to exist. It wasn't a story that needed to be told. And after playing it and going through that story that you guys wrote, I still hold that conviction. To me, The Last of Us Part 2 is what happens when money talks louder than creative vision. The Last of Us 1 made PlayStation and iDog so much money that they almost were like, all right, we have to do we have to do a sequel to this game. And to me, The Last of Us 1 ended on such a perfect and dramatic ending that there was no way you could beat that or even like there, there was just no nothing you could do that would make a satisfying conclusion to that story. Because 
if you're making a sequel and you're having us play as Ellie, well, most likely Joel's going to die. Because if he's not, either he's not a playable character at all, he's not coming on this adventure and he's only going to make short little appearances, or he's dead. Just plain and simple. Because otherwise, why wouldn't we still play as Joel? So, I, I really hope they decide not to do a Last of Us Part 3. And if they do, if you absolutely must do a third game to really just keep raking in that dough, set it somewhere else. Set it outside of the U.S. Show me what Europe looks like in this world. Show me what Asia looks like. Show me what the Middle East looks like. Show me what Africa looks like. Go somewhere else. Explore this world. Show me what other countries and other cultures have done through this um, virus. Because it would seem a little weird to me if only the U.S. was affected by this and nowhere else. Because in that circumstance, well, why hasn't anybody tried to help the U.S.? So, go outside the U.S., explore different parts of the world in this uh, franchise. Make make a new Ellie and Joel. Or maybe just make a new character and maybe this time it's not so much just a survival game, but now it's kind of this survival, you're building your own camp game. Like, do something else. Innovate on this franchise. Because if you just re rinse and repeat for the third game, or if you continue Abby, which you don't need to do, Abby's story is also done. Like... One of the beautiful things that you guys did in Last of Us 2 were not only did you end Ellie's story, but you also kind of introduced, started Abby's story, and ended her story all at the same time. It's one of the re it's one of the beautiful things you did, but it's also one of my biggest criticisms of your game. And so if you're going to make this third one, just go somewhere else. Tell a new story. Innovate on this franchise. Um, if I had to pick... A certain continent or like country or something um, go to go to like Italy or just have it be a game where we're traveling around different spots in Europe or or Asia like I would pick Europe first and then Asia like just do something else please uh, finally though the second piece is last of us two related and it's just that last of us part 2 is getting a 60 fps boost for the ps5 this is something that a lot of people were pretty much i even was like it's gonna happen it was just a matter of when so it didn't really come too much of a shock but i see a little a lot of people getting really excited i actually thought about maybe booting up the last of us and just checking it out um, maybe trying to play it again and see if I have a different reaction to this story a second time around. Uh, if you want to see that, let me know. Maybe I'll stream that. Um, but maybe not right now because after this podcast, I got to go stream Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, so yeah, uh, Last of Us Part 2 is, well, it's not just getting, it already has a 60 FPS boost. It came out the day they announced it. So that was really cool of Naughty Dog to do. Um, PlayStation also had a state of state of play a few weeks back. This wasn't really a true state of play. It was more more of a Ratchet and Clank live stream. They just gave us a lot of information on the new Ratchet and Clank game that looks 
absolutely incredible. Uh, I can't wait for this game. It comes out next month, June 18th. No, 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 no. Not June 18th. Uh... Oh, I didn't type in Rift Apart. When does this come out? Where's the release? Why didn't you? June 11th. So, the new Ratchet & Clank will be out on PS5 on June 11th. We got a state of play where we saw more gameplay. Um, a little bit more of the guns. And, oh my god. Uh, I cannot express to you how much this state of play just cemented how excited I was for this game. Because watching it run in 60fps in um, 4K with ray tracing on was amazing like the reflections everywhere um, like clank his metallic body was reflecting everything and like there was a sh true shine on him it looked incredible uh, it looked like ratchet and clank all the ratchet and clank games I grew up with on ps2 and beyond and so yeah it it made me so much more excited uh, we learned the new female, what is it, Lombax? Lombax? Uh, we learned her name is Rivet, which, ha ha ha. Uh, Ratchet and Rivet, if you don't get it, I, I don't know what to tell you, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, her name's Rivet. And yeah, I'm just, I don't really have much to say on this, other than I'm just very excited. I can't wait to play this game. I can't wait to really see the power of the SSD and the PS5 working to pull you instantly in through one of those rifts to an entirely new world. Uh, they said in the state of play that it wasn't just loading that one section, it was loading the entire area in that instant. Like, it's impressive. Uh, it makes me really excited to see what studios are going to be able to do in like three years with the ps5 when they really truly have been practicing and messing with this hardware so yeah ratchet and clank rift apart i highly recommend you go watch it for yourself because it's just impressive to see and ratchet and clank rift apart is going to be here in like what three weeks so if you have a ps5 there's some there's a game to look excited uh look at and be excited for uh, another thing that I got really excited for was that Respawn, my GOAT studio, a studio I would put on my Mount Rushmore of studios, Respawn Entertainment announced a full next-gen version of Fallen Order. It's coming out this summer. It will be free, so no Final Fantasy VII Remake bullshit going on there. Um... Which is a really exciting. I saw a lot of people confused because they're like, well, didn't you already do this? No, they did a kind of boost on the uh, next-gen consoles, PS5 and Series X. It wasn't a full next-gen version of the game. They just gave it like a boost. Um, so this will be a full next-gen version of Fallen Order, which makes me very excited because Fallen Order... I never... I mean, you can hate me if you want, but I never played old Repu the Old Republic games. 
but I played a lot of other Star Wars games as a kid, and Fallen Order has got to be my favorite Star Wars game that I've played. It was it had a wonderful story, wonderful cast of characters, and BD1 is S-tier droid in the Star Wars universe. I'm sorry. He's up there with K2SO. So yeah, look out for that if you own a copy of Fallen Order, or if you don't, what are you doing? Go pick that up. I'm sure you can get it for like 30 bucks. Let me like, let me see. Fallen Order Shopping. You can pick up a PS4 version right now at like GameStop and stuff for $20. Like, if you haven't done it, go get it. That way, too, if you get a PS, when you have a PS5 or if you already do, you get that free upgrade and you're playing the best version of the game. Uh, another game that is getting a upgrade for these new consoles, which was kind of out of left field, but Saints Row the Third. And the reason I say it's out of left field, not only is it a lot older, but it's not even the last Saints Row game we had. The last Saints, the last full Saints Row game we had was four, but they picked the third when, if. If I'm going to be honest, the game I think that should have gotten this kind of treatment is 2. Saints Row 2 is still the best one in the series, and it did not age well. Uh, I've tried to play it recently, and it just it doesn't age well. Uh, if, you, if you own it, I would throw it in your PS3, or if you have it on PC, I would boot it up again and just see what I'm talking about, because it... The controls feel kind of clunky to me. It doesn't feel smooth. Some of the like lighting in the game it made my eyes hurt. It just wasn't great. But anyways, Saints Row the Third is apparently getting a PS5 and Xbox Series X upgrade. I don't know if they said when. I believe from what I saw, it was only. They only announced that it was happening. Third PS5. So, since we're the third remaster will arrive on the PS5 and Xbox Series X on May 25th. Oh, okay, so that is literally tomorrow. Okay, cool. I do remember seeing that now. So yeah, it's uh, tomorrow, if you own it, you will have a brand new version of Saints Row the Third to play on your Series X or Series S or PS5. Uh, it'll run at 60 FPS, which is nice, and 4K resolution. So, yeah, that comes out tomorrow. I actually don't think I own that on PlayStation. I own it on the Switch. I know that. But I don't own it on my PlayStation, so maybe I'll have to eventually pick that up and see how it is and how it fares but that is all i really have on my gaming news before we jump into movie and tv i'm gonna get some of this water because i am talking 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 oh okay so we have we have quite a bit of movie and tv news it's kind of short though like not like a whole lot to talk about in terms of like how long I'm gonna spend on each thing, just a few short things. Uh, the first of which, 
Gal Gadot, no, known for her role as Wonder Woman. The, I, I don't know, is the DCEU still a thing? Like, it, it very much feels like Warner and DC were just like, hey, shit hasn't worked out. Just let these people make movies and we'll kind of hint that they might still be connected, but they're not. Yes, they are and they aren't. But anyways, Gal Gadot, uh, famously known for playing Wonder Woman, said that, or she came out and said that Josh Whedon had uh, threatened her career on the set of 2017's Justice League. And this is only interesting, I only bring this up briefly to talk about because this kind of helps what Ray Fisher has been saying for years and how he was treated on the set of Justice League when Josh Whedon took over for uh, Zack Snyder. This just kind of helps confirm that, yeah, no, uh, Warner is hiding things. They're not telling us the full truth and they're trying to keep people quiet. So, I, I think the what he said to her was, "I could like end your career or something like that because she wasn't, she didn't want to do something, or she wasn't comfortable with something on the set." And he basically told her that he could end her career with a phone call, which, just again, this all this is doing is proving that Josh Whedon is not a good person. And I don't, I don't think we're going to really see him doing any kind of movie uh, again. I mean, if he does, he's probably going to fund it himself or something like that. But yeah, so this just kind of helps to, you know, helps what Ray Fisher was saying about how he was treated on the set. And so, yeah, that, that's really all. Uh, if, let me know, tweet at me at Twitter, the Nomad Gamer. Tweet at me and let me know if you have any thoughts with this Gal Gadot, Josh Whedon situation, or the Ray Fisher situation. Even though I don't know how much more of that situation we're going to hear about. To be honest, it seems like it's going, it's just dying out day by day. But anyways, moving on. Knives Out is getting not only a sequel, which we knew... But it's also getting a third movie after that. And they are going to be done in partnership with Netflix. And they will be on Netflix when they release. Uh, this makes me happy. It also kind of worries me. Because I'm worried. I, I don't know if Netflix has any kind of like oversight. Seeing as it will be on their platform and stuff. But uh, yeah. Knives Out 2 and 3 are going to Netflix. Knives Out 2, we've been getting like casting announcement after casting announcement for Knives Out 2 and the cast for Knives Out 2 is absolutely stacked. Like two of the people that got me super hyped were Katherine Hahn, which if you don't know, she just played Agatha Harkness in WandaVision and then Leslie Odom Jr., which if you don't know him, he played Aaron Burr in the Broadway production of Hamilton, which you can watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Leslie is Aaron Burr. And those were like the two that 
really got me super hyped to see Knives Out 2. I was already hyped because I love the first film. I think the first film is a masterpiece. It works on every level. Uh, it plays into its the tropes of that genre. And, but it doesn't play into them in like any kind of cheesy or stupid way. Uh, I think what Ryan Johnson did with the first movie is just wonderful, and I can't wait to see what he does with the second one. Uh, all we know is that the second one won't have any of the original cast. It'll be an entirely new cast except for... Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Bond. What's his name? Daniel Craig. He will, his character, Blanc, will be returning and he's going to a different uh, mystery somewhere else. But the fact that Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr. are in this movie, I'm saying it now. Uh, I'm saying it on May 24th, 2021 at 7.51 p.m. Catherine Hahn is the killer or like whatever the mystery is. She's the one that did it. She's she's guilty. I'm, I'm calling it now. 751, May 24th, 2021. Uh, I think they... If they haven't started filming, they're starting filming very soon. So, I can't wait for that. It'll be on Netflix. I'm so excited. Brian Johnson, just... Just re recreate what you did. Just That's all you gotta do. Uh... Moving on, Dune is no longer getting a simultaneous release with HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, from what I saw, I think Deadline reported this originally. And basically it just says that Dune is no longer going to launch simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters like all the other Warner Bros. and movies have this year so far and are continuing to do instead it will have a 45 day window in the theaters before moving to any kind of streaming service which cool uh i don't really care i am fully vaccinated now uh so i will be not only seeing black widow and shang chi and eternals in theaters but I'm going to go see Dune in the theaters because this is a movie that, I'm sorry, even though I have a really good TV, I need to see this movie in the theaters. Uh, I think it comes out in December. So Dune, oh no, oh, much earlier than that. It comes out October 1st, 2021. I thought it was December. I thought it was with Spider-Man. So Dune is coming out in October. And so that's plenty of time if you, most people probably are going to be vaccinated at this point. So, you know, I will be seeing this movie in the theater. Uh, I, if it hits HBO Max after its 45 day window in the theater, fine. Uh, I will probably not really care that much just because I will probably have seen it like two or three times in the theater. Because it looks incredible, I can't wait. It's got, um, it's got actors like Zendaya and Jason Momoa in it. Um, where's, where's its IMDb? It's got Dave Bautista, uh, Timothy Chalamet, 
Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac. Like, it's got a fantastic staff, or cat staff, cast, and, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I don't know much about the original, I never actually got to see it, but Dune, from what I know of Dune, it just, it sounds like something I would really enjoy, and I'm, I'm very much looking excited, looking forward to watching it. Uh, Eternals, you know, that, uh, that project that Marvel Studios decided, hey, we're going to swap Shang-Chi and Eternals when they move their entire movie list around, and now is coming out after Shang-Chi in November. That movie is looking real good. They released the teaser like two weeks ago, I think it was, and it was very short. It was like 30 seconds, and then today this morning I woke up and they had released the full teaser trailer for Eternals and it looks breathtaking uh the cinematography the colors and all the different like scenes where they're going from modern day to um back in like ancient civilizations and if you don't know I'm not too familiar with the Eternals in Marvel Comics but it Basically, the Eternals are these eternal, quote-unquote, eternal beings in the MCU. They're right under the Celestials, who are, we saw one of the, we've seen like two or three Celestials in the MCU. We saw, there's a severed head in Guardians, it's called Nowhere, that was a Celestial. Um, Ego. In Guardians 2 is a celestial, and then we saw the big one in the first Guardians that slams down his staff with the Power Stone and like kills all those people. Those the Celestials are essentially the gods, and then the Eternals are right under them. Uh, Thanos was a I think he's a celestial or an eternal with the deviant gene. Uh, someone correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong. But I think he's an eternal with the deviant gene, not a celestial. So, and basically they've been around in the MCU since the very beginning. Pretty much the very beginning. Hiding among everybody and just quietly um, helping out humanity throughout the years. Uh, we see a scene where one of them puts her hand on the ground and like makes water for... Uh, the crops to grow and stuff. And I'm just very excited. This, The Eternals film has a big opportunity to explain a lot of different things. I think, I don't know if it will happen, but I feel like there is an opportunity for them to introduce mutants in some way or lay the groundwork to get to mutants in the future with this movie. So... I'm very excited. It, the movie looks amazing. They released a cool poster. Typically, Marvel posters don't really do it for me because they all have the same kind of look to them. They're either like one main character, the hero in the center with a bunch of side characters on their side. But this one, the lighting of it and like how all the Eternals are just casting in shadow with like their ship or whatever that is in the background. The poster is fantastic. The trailer was fantastic. 
and I think this now might be my most anticipated Marvel movie to see this year. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, it came out today. Eternals trailer. Highly recommend you go watch it. Uh, this movie is going to be something very special, and I can't wait. And it's got it's got uh, Rob Stark and uh, Kit Harington. What's his character's name? Why am I drawing a blank? He's like one of my favorite. Jon Snow. So it's got Rob Stark and Jon Snow in it. Some uh, Game of Thrones alumni. So yeah, uh, it's due out in November. Can't wait. I will definitely be seeing this in the theater. Um, some I don't I don't know how many of you actually care. I'm kind of I've been having this conversation with my friend, but I the CW. I think it's time that we have a talk that the Arrowverse comes to an end. Um, I am like three, two or three episodes behind on the Flash. I haven't even started Legends this season, and I kind of just don't care. I feel like. I feel like it's one of those things where it's superhero content, so I, I just almost need to watch, but I don't want to watch, and I have no real reason to watch these shows, but uh, I'm definitely going to stick with The Flash this season, because I'm like, I'm good way through this season anyways, but also they're doing their 150th episode this season, and it lands, I think, on the penultimate episode, which, very exciting, uh, very interesting for, like, the story that they have to tell in their show, but they're doing something very special where they're not only bringing back Jessica Parker Kennedy to play Nora Allen from previous seasons, they're bringing back John Wesley Ship to play uh, Jay Garrick, and they also cast Jordan Fisher to come in and play Bart Allen, a.k.a. Impulse. And they gave us our first official poster for Impulse. And no, 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 like, insult. there's no insulting Jordan Fisher. Like, he looks good. Just these posters that they do for these shows never do the character justice. Um... And it, this this is no different. Like, none of these posters, I don't think there's a single Flash poster that I truly like and think that it does any character justice. They're always, like, cranked up to 11 in how much color and, like, vibrant and how vibrant they are. And they're always, like, try to put him, since he's a Flash and he runs fast, they always try to put him in, like, these positions where he's running or, like, in punching or something. It doesn't really work on this stale image. But they released that. They gave us our first look at him. And he looks good. Jordan Fisher looks good in the suit. It's very comic accurate to Impulse. However, the one thing I don't understand about what they're doing with Impulse is he is Nora's brother in the show. Which if you know anything about The Flash and you know anything about Impulse specifically, he's the grandchild of Barry and Iris. And so it doesn't quite make sense why they're changing it. I mean, I guess it kind of does, but it doesn't. Like, I still think it would have been cooler if Bart was still their grandson because it adds something different. Like, 
him and Nora both being there, like, oh, they're just kids. Like, if you're gonna have them have two kids, why didn't we just do the Tornado Twins? And then maybe, like, you can still have Jessica Parker Kennedy play them and just change, like, the Tornado Twins' names. But, like, why, why use Impulse in this way? I'm gonna watch it. I'm excited. Uh, Jordan Fisher looks amazing as Bart Allen. I can't wait. It's gonna be the 150th episode, which I think airs, like, tail end of June. So, I'm excited. Uh, he looks good. The poster doesn't truly do that justice. There's a, He posted a picture of himself, and I think he was in his trailer in the suit. Honestly, that's a better look of him in the suit than the poster was. So, yeah, if any of you are still watching The Flash or keeping up with the Airverse in any way, I do think, even if you haven't watched The Flash this season, I do think you should probably check out the 150th episode and the episode after that because uh, from what I've heard it's a two-parter kind of situation uh, another show that there, there's another show I want to talk about that I'm actually still I still love um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's final season is finally going to happen but we still have to wait like two months uh, it's not happening until August I don't know, I think, I think I saw the other day, they did say the date, and I looked it up, uh, season, what is it, season 8 release, um, but they, they finally announced, yeah, they announced the release date and everything, uh, I believe they're almost done filming, I think they're still filming, but they're almost done. With a couple pictures, uh, I could I actually had kind of a hard time tracking down the pictures. I don't know why, but one of the pictures was of Jake and Amy with their new uh, baby that we saw Amy give give birth to at the end of season seven, and it's coming in August, August twelfth. It'll be on Thursdays, and they're wrapping up their final season with ten episodes. Uh, it really sucks. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think it's a terrific show. I, I think... I don't think it does anything to try to make you be like, Oh, yeah, see, cops are awesome. They're fun. Like, a lot of... I've seen a lot of people say. I think it's just a fun... Like... It doesn't want to be a procedural, because there's so many of those on TV. And it wants to be The Office more than anything. And they're just, they just happen to be set in a police station in Brooklyn. Um, it, it has done its fair share of trying to be very progressive and moving forward with the things it talks about. Like the episode where Terry Cruz's character uh, gets stopped by the cop outside his house looking for his daughter's toy. Um, Rosa coming out as bi to her parents. Like it's done a lot of good things. And it does suck to see the show end. But as I'm re actually like fully re-watching it right now, I understand why it's ending. I think it's actually the perfect time. Last year, Terry Crews did an interview where he said that they had also scrapped the first four episodes to rewrite them in light of the Black Lives Matter protests that happened last summer. 
So I'm very interested to see how they wrap up all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but also address a lot of that because they said that how do you make a cop show in today's climate? And so that's what they're kind of focused on. I'm very excited. Um, if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, final season is coming back on August 12th. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend giving it a shot. It's not for everybody. Um, I don't I, I don't want to say, oh, if you like The Office or you like Parks and Recs, you're going to love this. Because I don't, I, I don't think that is like a thing you can really say with this show. Um, I think if you like those shows, you should give it a shot. But I don't think you... I, it's not for everybody. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, before we move on, I gotta get more water, man. Oh, we're, we're almost at an hour. I've been talking all by myself. Oh, my throat is dry. We're almost done. Um, last little bit of movie TV news. Apparently, AT&T is getting out of this kind of entertainment business of film and like con uh just streaming content and stuff because they are selling warner media and they are selling it to discovery of all places very interesting move um i actually think this is for the better i don't think it was very good for Warner Media to be under the AT&T umbrella. I think it'll be much better sitting under Discovery. It's just a matter of what this is going to if this is going to change any plans that Warner Media had previously, um, and if any projects might get scrapped because of this, and if so. If, if they start, like, saying, oh, no, you're not doing that anymore, and, like, really, like, stepping in and being like, hey, no, we're doing this, we're going down this route, the one thing, the one thing, Discovery, that you cannot touch that is under the Warner Media umbrella, the one thing you can't touch is any of this DC content, but more specifically, you cannot interfere with this Zatanna show or movie, whatever it is. Do not. Do not touch it. Leave Zatanna alone. She's finally, like, they're finally moving forward, giving her her own thing. And I could not be happier. Do not fuck this up. That is the only thing I will say, really. There's not much to say. Uh, I don't even know. I didn't even really care how much they sold it to them, to be honest. It, but, yeah, AT&T is selling Warner Media and all of its assets to Discovery. So instead of being owned by AT&T, now they're owned by Discovery. It'll just be interesting mostly to see what this does to their current plans, if this changes anything at all. Which I don't think it will really. Uh, I think the biggest thing you'll see is maybe Discovery, because I think Discovery has their own streaming service. I could be wrong. Yeah, they have like Discovery Plus, right? Isn't that it? Discovery, let me look that up and see. I think it's like Discovery Plus. Yeah, it's Discovery Plus. So the other thing I could see is maybe there's a bundle deal with HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Uh, I don't think this will affect any current or future projects under Warner Media. 
uh, I just I do think it's better that something a company like Discovery has this over a company like AT&T. Uh, but let me know what on any of this stuff I've talked about tonight. Let me know what you guys think by tweeting me at on Twitter or coming to my Twitch streams at twitch.tv twitch.com or no it's twitch.tv I don't even know my yo this podcast sucks uh, twitch.tv slash the nomad gamer by the way all of my socials they won't have an E it'll be uh, G-A-M-R but come to the Twitch stream let's talk about this and tell me what your thoughts are on any of the things I've discussed tonight but last little thing before I wrap up the show. Uh, yes, I listened to the new J. Cole album. Yes, it's great. Uh, he's got a lot of good features and a lot of good beats on this album. It's kind of a mix of like that classic J. Cole style. And there's a lot of more just beats that you can you know bounce to and get you going. So yeah, J. Cole's new album, Off Season, Fire. Uh, he's also now living his dream playing basketball. So that's cool. Shout out to J. Cole for that. But uh, that's all I have on my show notes for episode 15 of Demented Cast. Uh, remember to rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. That's what helps me move up the algorithm. I will be back in two weeks from today with another episode for you. Hopefully, you know, we got some... Uh, we have some news by then. Uh, hopefully I've beaten Resident Evil 8. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at the Nomad Gamer. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thenomadgamer. I'm also on TikTok at the same thing. Uh, you can also hear me and my friend as we relive some of our favorite stuff. Right now we're watching Arrow on the Rewatch cast. Uh, you can find it anywhere you find Demented Cast. And... That has been it for episode 15. I'm going to go stream. Peace.